Longhorn Nation, we're back! All right, y'all. Welcome back to yet another episode of Fire the Cannon. I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. Oh, and I'm Danny Davis with the Austin American Statesman. I love it. Thanks for being here, Danny. And we are Fire the Cannon. So, hey, y'all, like, it's been a while. We got to apologize. We, uh, we've we had some crazy schedules, haven't been able to, to record as often as we like to. Um, but we are so excited to welcome back one of our favorite people, Danny Davis of the Austin American Statesman. Danny, thank you so much for joining us. I, we really appreciate you being here, man. Well, I just, I appreciate the invite. Y'all are taking a risk by having me on because you know, <laughs> some people out there that don't like me. There's some people that love me. So I don't know how this is going to turn out for, for the, for the views and all that stuff. But uh, thanks for having me on. Well, they're going to like you after this, because they're going to get to hear the real fun you and just have a conversation. So sometimes I think it's, they're killing the messenger, right? When you have to go say things that they don't want to hear, but no, we're going to have fun. Definitely. So Danny, tell us a little bit, how, how'd you get into journalism? Journalism, get us, give us a little bit of your background, uh, how you came up and, and how it came about that you became a Texas beat writer. Yeah. Um, I mean, journalism has always been something I've done since, you know, high school, high school newspaper, all that stuff. I went to the university of Montana. I'm actually wearing my university of Montana t-shirt. I wasn't wearing Texas A&M maroon. I wasn't going to disrespect you all like that on your, <laughs> you. on your show, but I went, I went to university of Montana, um, graduated in 07, came down here, got an internship, got hired and been at the Statesman for, 15 years now, whatever that math is, uh, in high school sports for nine years, Texas for the last, uh, since 2016. So that's kind of the long story condensed version. And, you know, this is what I do. All, all I really know in this world. Well, I love it. You listen, man, you're one of my favorites because I love your takes on things. You always stand up for, for the right thing, but you're also like very level when you report, you know, like, you always give the good and the bad if people want to hear it or they don't. Um, but you're very engaging. And and again, I just I really appreciate you out there. And I know maybe maybe not everybody's so appreciative. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, give us some of your experience, like being a beat writer for Texas. We all know Texas has the most level headed fans, of course. Yeah. So, so can you give us like what's what's your craziest Texas fan story since being a beat writer? Oh, man, I mean, I don't. I, I I can't I, I'm not Kirk I'm not you know Chip Brown I'm not you know said you know some of the call the calmness and then the you know bigger name reporters who have definitely had some really ugly interactions um you know obviously some of the interactions I've had with Texas fans haven't been pleasant um you know and some of that has nothing to do with football some of that has to do with um you know I'm I'm black and I'm loud and opinionated and there's some fans in this fan base that don't like that especially during the eyes of texas um right issue. so you know there was uh definitely some emails and some tweets and stuff that um were rough and hard to hard to read but you know for the most part you know the interactions haven't been too terrible there have been a couple times where i've said some things that i you know i believed in my heart of hearts and some texas fans very passionately um <laughs> went against i think the the big big one last year was um i didn't think Bijan was the first team running back on the all conference team i thought you know abram smith deuce vaughn um guys like that who played the entire 
season. Obviously, Bijan got hurt. Um, and so I mentioned that on Twitter and there was a very passionate response to that. And, you know, and RIP your mentions. <laughs> that, you know, stuff like that. That's all in good fun, stuff like that. And, you know, I like kind of that back and forth and seeing people defend their team. I mean, there are other times where, you know, people definitely go low and start attacking you and your family and, you know, saying, oh, yeah. they definitely would never save you in person. And never. I, don't, I don't like to play the victim too much because, you know, there are a lot of women out there who have a lot worse um, in the sports media business and, you know, definitely other people of color who have had worse stuff said to them. But, you know, as long as people keep it somewhat, I mean, professional is not the right word, but keep it sports based. Like I don't really care too much, but it's when people attack you for, you know, who you are as a person on, whether it's on the boards or on the um, Twitter and kind of forget that there's an actual person reading those tweets and, you know, stuff and that's when it goes a little too far and that's when I have to start kind of you know maybe you know clapping back a little bit or completely tuning people out so I guess that just kind of depends on what mood I'm in at the at the moment but I've definitely been known to to do both oh that's that's absolutely fair I I will say after this uh, past week anytime Texas and Texas Tech have a matchup I swear that mute button and block button on Twitter just gets a workout on my end I know that for dang sure uh, it's a uh, quite interesting, you know, we, we mentioned that I, I can imagine what you guys get. I mean, you know, I, I know what my mentions look like. We, you know, we're, we're friends with Kyle Umlang. I know his mentions were just an absolute train wreck <laughs> and I, I imagine it gets pretty crazy on y'all's end too. Did you have any, any like fun interactions with tech fans this past week or, or is it most, mostly like glad we're moving on? I feel I feel Kyle gains power with every um, insult from an opposing fan that gets into his mention. I think that just uh, strengthens him yes. more and more. Oh, it but, eats his soul for sure. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of goes with that same thing. I think you know. Also, there's a misconception that you know this is going to com- come across weird or maybe negative that I care. Um, oh, I, love it. I love it keep that energy <laughs> yeah whether Texas wins or loses like you know obviously fans you know love this team and want the best of this team and you know it, it's fun for me to cover a winner and a team you know it's fun to go on cool trips and I would love to go to a national championship game and stuff like that but at the end of the day like my paycheck is the exact same whether they win or lose <laughs> and you know my workload is pretty much the exact same whether they win or lose and so you know the tech fans um, especially after this weekend, oh, yeah. I did some, some tweets and being like, you're sad you lost and stuff like that. It's like, I didn't lose my Montana won their homecoming game. I, I won. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't lose. So, you know, I, I think that with the interaction, you know, people kind of thinking that like I'm part of the team or that I root for this team. I think that's kind of, you know, a little silly from the opposing fan base, but for the most part, fans, opposing fans can be, can be fine. It's just, you know, sometimes with the, um, you know, discussion about the post-game celebration, I guess. Uh, It got a little bit out of control on Monday. And once again, I don't want to paint the entire Texas Tech fan base with a broad brush. There's probably, you know, a dozen bad actors or really passionate people who are still drunk from two days earlier um, defending their team. So, you know, it it was a little nuts on Monday. And there's some definite still, for some reason, still going on in my mentions. I don't know why. It's like... It will be for a few weeks. And... How many times did you hear about Chris Beard after the football game, right? Like <laughs> it, it's it's insane. And you know, granted, sometimes we bring that on ourselves. I mean, we ask way too many Chris Beard questions during the week of the press conference. Um, 
for for my uh for my liking but yeah, was, once again, you know, Chris Beard's in my mentions. Like, I, you know, I'm sure Chris is a nice guy, but I don't have, to, I don't deal with him at all. My beat, I don't know why he's being discussed and discussed in my my mentions. But that's someone sees University of Texas on my bio, and it's like, okay, you know, we're glad we beat your coach last year. And he's like, you didn't beat my coach. I mean, that's <laughs> you didn't play Montana. Didn't play Montana, so I don't know, I don't know what y'all are talking about. But you know, that's also part of college athletics, and you know, this insane passion and fan base. I mean, that's what drives us. That's what you know makes college football what it is. And once again, as long as people aren't crossing the line, which unfortunately people do, you know, for the most part, I can kind of just roll with it and get a good laugh every once in a while. And, you know, sometimes learn stuff. I mean, sometimes people point stuff out or, you know, make an argument and show you you're wrong at something and you, and you learn. So, I mean, I'm not above saying I'm, I'm wrong. My wife tells it to me all the time. Um, so, you know, some, you know, sometimes that back and forth interactions can be, can be good, but once again, sometimes it gets a little bit out of control. For sure, for sure. Well, we've we've both experienced that quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get into this. We talked about the the vitriol, the craziness of, over Twitter, but really, they the Texas football team uh, went into a hostile environment, which is Lubbock, Texas, for Texas Longhorns. And Sarkeesian had talked about going into this game, embrace the hate, embrace the hate. We're going, you know, we're going to be enamored with ourselves. And, you know, we're going to come up, bring it, we're loving ourselves, showing up, proud of ourselves, and we're going to embrace the hate. Um, offense embraced the hate for a little bit. Defense kind of sort of came back and embraced the hate a little bit. Special teams was fine, but there was never a complete package. And anytime Tech had a fourth down, we did not embrace the hate. <laughs> um, what did you see? Like, give us what, I know you've probably talked about it a few times this week, but give us what what you saw in Lubbock on Saturday and what does this say about what Sark is building? Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't a good, I mean, there's no such thing as a good loss. Um, obviously you can take things from losses and build upon them. And, you know, obviously there are a lot of positives coming out of a loss to a team like Alabama, but you know, this was not, there's really not a lot of good things you could take out of the, you know, tech loss aside from maybe the way that, you know, um, Hudson played on that last drive and, you know, Bert Auburn, you know, kicking another clutch kick and apparently just having ice in his, uh, his veins, which is really impressive for a, for a kicker that young, but, you know, obviously Texas, you know, blew another second half lead, which was not ideal, especially if you've been kind of following this team, um, since Steve, since Steve got here. And then, you know, I'd be really concerned if, um, you know, just kind of seeing how much Texas or Tech just did not respect, this Texas defense. I mean, Joey McGuire, I mean, there's aggressive and there's what Joey McGuire and that offense was doing on Saturday and just going for it on mid. I mean, when he went for it on, you know, fourth and five or six, whatever it was at midfield with like a minute left in regulation. Like I, my mouth was just like on the ground. Like I was just like, Joey, you gotta be kidding me here. You're, this is going to, they're going to call a timeout. And then they ran the play and obviously got it. And then, you know, went ahead a couple, a couple plays later, but it was just clear that, they were like, we're not going to stop until you stop us. And Texas just couldn't do it, which was, you know, if you'd seen Texas, obviously Texas playing the weeks before, you know, they played well against a good UTSA team with a veteran quarterback, obviously held Alabama and the reigning Heisman Trophy winner to 20 points, which was really impressive. So um, whatever Tech figured out and whatever their coaches saw when they were scheming, you know, they exploited this Texas defense and showed that Texas had to stop them and Texas just couldn't. And, you know, we'll see if those adjustments are made or whether or not, 
you know, that's the blueprint for beating Texas, uh, for West Virginia, Oklahoma, and everyone else uh, down the road. Yeah, I, I definitely have to agree. This this game felt like a regression. You know, we've we've I've been hyping up and 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 I still look, I still believe in the culture. I'm still I want to be very clear about that, saying that here as a fan, I still believe in it, seeing what Sark is doing behind you know the scenes. Um, but yeah, it, it gets a little bit harder uh, after a loss like this, right? It gets a little bit harder to to buy in and and have faith. But it, it, you know, I think the thing for me that was most concerning is watching Sark, and he's admitted to this before. We've all seen it, but he's owned it before. But watching him kind of go into that conservative shell when things aren't necessarily, you know, we get a little bit of a lead. Um, and it's, you know, like Rocky likes to say, it's all breaks and no gas at that point. You know, it he kind of reverts back to this very conservative play calling. Um, you know, Babers had pointed out that Hudson Carr did really well with the RPO. Um, and of course, so when we're ahead, we stop calling for the RPO, which which is confusing, uh, baffling, mind-blowing. I don't know. It's I, I kind of run out of words for it. Um, frustrating for sure. Well, let's dive into that a little bit, Rocky. I know you you have a lot of notes. You got a lot of things to say about uh, how you feel about Sark right now. All right. So since you you mentioned the play calling, um, it's predictable. The Rojo cat thing happening um, has become predictable. There was a moment where it was a perfect opportunity to get a little toss, a little rainbow pass over the line, something that made it different. Um, tech has seen that now 20, what, 19, something, some 16, whatever times already, they knew exactly what it was going to be. Um, it was it, everything. It just got predictable quick. If, if Sark can be aggressive, the first drive or two and the last drive when they needed it and the right. Hudson card executed perfectly, um, with his receivers, if, if he can, if he can be aggressive to start the game and aggressive when he needs to try to tie it up for, to get to overtime, what, what's happening in the, 50 minutes in the middle I I don't understand it just gets so predictable and I don't think that's if everybody wants to dump on Hudson Card but he can only run what was called and to the best of his limping one leg ability yeah what do you think Danny yeah you know it's part of the problems I guess with kind of the way the media um set up as a Texas like you know we get Steve in these kind of controlled environments. And obviously, you know, Steve is very good at saying a lot, but saying nothing at the same time. So I don't know how, you know, forthcoming he would be, but it would be nice to kind of sit him down and, you know, have just a, you know, whether it's, you know, just kind of just chilling in a room or whatever, just kind of just talk about his offensive philosophies. And like you said, you know, kind of, is this conservative approach because you don't trust your quarterback? Is it because, you know, you know, unfortunately, you know, for Texas, Xavier wasn't available and healthy for you know, the entire game. So maybe you don't trust some of the, you know, the backup receivers outside of Jordan if, you know, if Xavier is down. You know, why exactly is it you don't you have some young linemen and you don't want and you don't want Hudson exposed and having to him get hurt and then needing to go to Charles Wright or Malik Murphy. So, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting to, you know, get some truth serum in him and kind of see exactly, you know, what you know, what, uh, what, what his approach is, but I don't know, like you said, I think the wildcat formation, um, we need, we need Steve to mix it up a little bit. I was saying to Kirk and said, um, earlier this week that yet yeah, Roshan hasn't thrown the ball in a while, but he's still a four-star quarterback, <laughs> you know, like why have we not seen aside from, I think he threw a pop pass to Keelan last year in the Kansas state game. Why haven't we seen some 
you know, at least some kind of something to keep the defense honest. Cause even if you have, you know, Roshan taking the snap and Bijan's next to him and Keelan's, you know, in motion, everyone and everyone and their mother knows that number two is just going to run kind of up the middle and try to gain some yardage. So, I mean, they kind of need to, you know, do something with that formation to kind of at least, you know, keep defenses off honest and, you know, it can be effective. I mean, you still have, you know, some talented guys back there. You know, it's not like, you know, it's just number two back there and nothing, nothing else, but, you know, they need to, that formation has become predictable. And, you know, these are big 12 teams and big 12 players. It's not Louisiana. It's not, you know, UTSA, no, no offense to those schools, but it's just, it's different now. I mean, you have to, you know, keep these guys guessing. So yeah, like as you've said, I can't break it down any more than y'all did. But you know, you, if you're a Texas fan, I'm sure you kind of hope Steve, you know, opens up the playbook, kind of shows off what this offensive, you know, reputation he's gained, and you know, takes advantage of these athletes and these players he has, and you know, maybe mixes up and does a little razzle dazzle every once in a while. And you know, this whole team needs to get better at putting you know the foot on their opponent's throats and you know, not slowing down in the second half and letting these comebacks comebacks happen. Cause I'm sure as fans, you know, can be a little maddening, um, you know, to, to watch it, especially, you know, if you're at home in the stands, you've had a couple to, to drink. Cause it can be maddening in the press box. And I'm only at a couple <laughs> mountain dews in the, in a water. So you're all jacked up on mountain dew. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I have, it is, it's frustrating to see, uh, you know, it's, when you don't feel like any lead is safe, that's not a great place to be in when you're watching your team. Now I will say, look, the defense took a lot of flack and a lot of it was deserved, but, and I want to have this caveat. I think the defense held up really dang well, considering how much they were out there. I I saw they took defense was on the field for 103 plays, 103 plays. That to me, that is an insane number. I mean, no defense is going to hold up. Under that amount of time, I don't have the time of possession in front of me. I have but... it. 20, 35 minutes, 3554 for tech. They were out there. Yeah. I mean, it it feel and it felt like more than that. Tech was speeding up the play. Uh defense was out there for a lot of snaps. And at a certain point late in the game, yeah, of course we want to dig deep. We want to have these stands, but that's when going for it on fourth down made sense to me. He knew we were gassed. McGuire knew that our defense was gassed. Our guys looked tired. They looked like they were, you know, back on their heels. Um, but that's frustrating. And my concern is that that is now given away that that's what you do against Texas, right? Keep them on the field and, and, and you just go at them. And eventually what was the quote? We knew they were going to break. Man, that's, that's not a great place to be <laughs> as a defense, as a team. Um, do you think that Texas has the chance to turn it around or are we seeing the mentality kind of creep back in from last year? Of course, they always have a chance to turn it around. I mean, this is, you can say what you want about Texas, but, you know, the one thing about these past two years, and, you know, even if you want to go back to, you know, the last three years of the Herman era, I mean, there's very few games where Texas hasn't been in it, where Texas hasn't had a chance to to win a game. I mean, there's, you can list a lot of these losses um, on Steve's resume and say that Texas was the best team. So, I mean, I think that, you know, Texas is going to be in any game. I think they have a chance to turn it around. I mean, they have good coaches. They have good players. It's a matter of actually executing it because obviously, you know, West Virginia had to have liked what they saw on film and is going to try to incorporate 
some of that into whatever they're doing this weekend, probably add a couple wrinkles or, you know, just kind of lean on what they did last year when they beat Texas, obviously out in Morgantown. So, I mean, you know, West Virginia is desperate for a win too. So it's not like they're just going to roll over, but yeah, I mean, Texas, this is the same Texas team, like we said earlier that, you know, held Alabama, which is going to be in the playoff more than likely to 20 points and made um, their Heisman trophy winner, which is a quarterback that most, colleges and most NFL teams will love to have on their roster at some point, just look pretty pedestrian. So, you know, if we're just going to, we're going to find out if, if this Texas defense is the Alabama defense or if it's the Texas tech defense. And, you know, I'm sure um, Texas fans are hoping for the former. Absolutely. You mentioned um, Texas had Alabama on their heels. A lot of that came from pre-snap motion and, um Sark is a genius at shifting, moving, getting everyone and having the defense start off their heels and questioning what's happening. Um, that's gone. I mean, those are things that you can even we talk about that wildcat package. Why not add some pre-snap things? Why not move it around? Why not make them question what's happening? I, it, that's that's I'm gonna keep going back to that. It got really stale. But Megan, when you mentioned the 103 plays within the 35 minutes tech had the ball, that's almost three plays a minute. Right. That the defense was out there. But the big thing again was those fourth downs. It's it's tough enough when you won't get off the field on third down, but when you let them get convert six fourth downs, that's just that's just them saying, we will beat you. Like you said, we will break you. We will break you. And I mean, hats off to Tech for being aggressive, knowing they had the home field behind them, committing to their plan that if they were anywhere close to even, even on their own side, close to the 50, they were going to go for it on fourth. I mean, hats off to them. And it worked out. And that's that's what we have to look for now is when – when things are going, they, they have the adversity with the on the road, you know, again, the quarterback doing his best on one leg, but when things start to, you know, snowball a bit, what, what, what do they do? And it felt like, like you said, it, they, it felt like a regression back to, Oh no, 10 point lead is not safe. And the last time, so you talked to Danny, you said that they, you know, another big blown lead. Um, Texas hasn't won a conference game now since October 2nd, 2021, almost a year ago when they won at TCU. And in their last nine games against power five teams, they've only won one. The last nine games. That's that's what I see is I see close competition, which is that even good or bad that you're close, but you can't pull it off or you get a big lead and you can't pull it off. What's what's happening that in our last nine shots against power five teams, there is one win and it's home to K-State when Rojo just carried the team on his back. That That's what's happening. Sorry, I put myself on mute so you can hear me drinking my water. Um, <laughs> it, you know, there's always going to be excuses. Um you know, part of that is obviously there's a there, last year was a transition. Um, you know, Steve was, you know, putting in his offense. PK was putting in his defense. The defense was not good last year while they were figuring out the scheme and, you know, growing up and all that stuff. But, you know, part of it is I don't think these opponents are scared of Texas. I think Texas Tech 
made that very very clear in their post game celebration. Great um, point. Things Joey said in the in the locker room. So you know that intimidation factor is, isn't there, which you know it shouldn't be. I mean, Texas hasn't done enough in the past you know five ten years for that intimidation factor to be there. Um, and then you know also you know, there's I mean they've played some good teams. I mean obviously Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, that Baylor team last year was really really good. Um, Alabama's included in that stat, and obviously Alabama's Alabama. Yeah, there's some curious losses in that in that group. Obviously, the Kansas loss and at West Virginia last year. Um, but you know, it it is what it is. You know, I don't think you can excuse the Kansas loss last year. But no, you can't. Never. But uh, <laughs> but you know, there, you know, Texas did lose to some good teams last year. Um, so you know, maybe it's not fair to completely hold a team in transition that against them. But you know. They definitely need to figure out what went wrong in some of those losses in the games that they definitely should have won and definitely should have closed out. Because once again, you look at that, you know, that stat you um, just talked about the last nine power five conferences. I need to look at the exact box scores, but I'm sure Texas was leading in every single one of those nine games. At least half of them, right. Yeah, or was, at least was um, close and competitive and just couldn't, for whatever reason, close it out and figure it out. So, I mean, I think that's the, um, million dollar question. I mentioned at some point this week that if I knew the answer, um, I'd be making Steve Sarkeesian money and not a not a Austin American statesman money. So <laughs> uh, if I can figure out if I can actually figure that out, I don't know if I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to go sneak over to the uh, Moncrief and you know, see if I can get a job over there. If I can figure out the actual actual answer. Right. Well, there you go. Well, look, and I want to address a couple things. I, I I agree. I mean, this has been a bit of a pattern. We mentioned this is transition. Kansas losing to Kansas at home sucks. It always will suck. Nobody's happy about that. I, I do think there's a mentality, though. You know, it is, we've talked about this before, you know, in previous years, even. We're on year two of Sark's, you know, Sark and Co.'s coaching for Texas. I think it takes a long time. Again, I I've seen a big shift in the mentality with the players how they approach things. They're playing for each other. They're, they feel more like a family now behind closed doors in the locker room. Right. But I think, and, and I, I don't know if we, we talk about this enough. You also have to train and, and provide some time to get that mentality of winning again. Right. Like I feel like that is, and the coaches too, this is something the coaches need to be hammering and you've got to train these kids how to be winners again, how to be excited, how to be hyped up. It's not a great place to be. We we talk about this over and over. You've got to hate losing more than you like winning. And right now, I think both on the coaching staff and to some extent the players too, there's not that drive. When they get comfortable, they they lose a little bit of that tenacity, a little bit of that. And you got to train that. You you it starts at the top. The coaches have to be aggressive and they have to bring that down all the way to the players. Um, again, I am not a fire everyone in year two person. I never will be. I think that's part of Texas's problem is this insane coaching carousel that we've had. You can't progress if you're hitting the reset button every two or three years. I, I wish we would be more patient and I know it's frustrating, um, but I still have faith. Trust the process. I, I still have faith that we can get there, but it would be really nice to see this coaching staff step up and say, hey, we know we keep talking about needing to be aggressive. Okay, then go out and do it. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather watch our guys fail going out and being aggressive than getting into this like sit back and wait and see how things develop mode and then losing a lead. That to me is is 
the most frustrating part about all of this. Yeah. But the frustrating thing to me is to say all gas, no brakes over and over and over when it's all gas and then all brakes and then all gas and then all brakes and then all gas and then some gas and then all brakes and then some brakes. And (laughs) that's the frustrating thing is what is the mentality? Right. Is it, if it's all gas, all brakes, go out there. I mean, all gas, no brakes was tech on Saturday going for it on eight times on fourth down. That's all gas, no brakes. And they, they were more aggressive. Um, They just, they game planned. And again, our staff was out coached again, out coached. Danny. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm sure if you're a Texas fan, you know, it had to be frustrating to see, you know, Joey McGuire stealing Steve Sarkeesian's motto. I mean, that's, if you're, if you're a Texas fan, you're just looking at that and be like, that's what I want. That's the insane aggressiveness. That's you want, you know, if you're going to say all gas, no breaks, you want your coach to act like he's playing Madden um, <laughs> and just not caring for down and distance. I mean, people not to invoke the, the name of uh, Tom Herman, um, you know, but you know, his attitude towards refusal to kick short field goals or, you know, his binder and fourth down insaneness at, at times, you know, but that's, you know, kind of what you want if you're a fan, especially if your offense is good and has the ability to convert it. And, you know, at the University of Texas with the players that, you know, this school brings in, um, you would think that, you know, you could convert a lot of these fourth downs and that your team would be the one going for it eight times. I mean, six for eight is insane for any school. I don't know if, uh, um, Texas went for it eight times that they should, you know, expect to make it, make it six times, but you know, that's what you want for, you know, a guy who's an offensive guru, who's a national championship coordinator and who has, you know, that all gas, no breaks, you know, um, motto trademarked or whatever, whatever they did, did with that. So yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I would, uh, you know, I would definitely say this Texas team got out coached on, on Saturday or got outwitted or got outgassed or whatever you want to, however you want to say it. And, you know, we'll see if Steve um, learns his lessons and if these coaches learn their lesson, I'm sure they're just as hard on themselves as they are or the players. Um, um, and there's probably a lot of self-reflection this week. Um, at least you'd hope so. Um, so we'll see. Sure better be. <laughs> see if, uh, you know, we, we see a little bit more of an aggressive, aggressive team um, on on Saturday, though, you know, if Steve's out there going for it on fourth down at the 50, I'm going to, or at his own 40 yard, then I'm going to still be like, hey, that's a little bit too much, bud. Some gas. Okay. Well, you mentioned it. Let's get into it. Definitely. So talking to, we're, let's, let's look forward to this Saturday. Um, what do you think are some key matchups? Uh, what do you think are the key? I mean, right now, Texas is favored by 10 as we're recording this. So I'm positive. I'm hopeful from that. Uh, but Danny, what do you think are some key matchups to see with uh, Texas and West Virginia in order for Texas to pull off this win by 10 or more? First off, I know one it's or Vegas. More. One or more. Can we have one or more points? I know it's Vegas and I know, you know, they are very smart at what they do and all that stuff. But Texas as double digit favorite is insane. Like it, Insane. Like even if Texas has a double-digit favorite or Texas has a double-digit underdog is just insane to me. All the games are close. It's just what this Texas football team does. You're gonna if you buy a ticket to this game, you're gonna be in your seat at the fourth in the fourth quarter because that is that is what this team does. So I I 
I don't gamble. I don't give gambling advice, but I would not expect Texas to be winning by by 10 points. But obviously, this West Virginia team, they they can score. I think they have a top 20 total offense and top 20 um, you know, scoring offense. Obviously, they're going to try to score. They like to go for it on fourth down. Um, I think they're nine for 10 mm-hmm. um, up early this week. So um, not that they needed Joey McGuire to show them that you can go for it on fourth down. I mean, they were probably going to do that anyway, but um, they definitely saw that and know that they could continue doing that. Um, I know when we talked to some of the, the DBs this week, um, you know, they were kind of, you know, they had some good things to say about the um, West Virginia receivers um, and some of those guys over there. So I'm sure that um, that's going to be a good matchup to see kind of how those West Virginia wideouts do against the, you know, the, the Anthony Cooks, um, the Deshaun Jamisons, that group, Jody Barron obviously has had a nice little run these past couple of weeks. See how that group does against those West Virginia receivers. And then obviously, you know, you flip it around just, um, you know, the quarterback issue is going to be, we'll see if Quinn gets any closer to, to playing. Um, I think Hudson has played fine over these past few weeks. He hasn't been win. lighting the world on fire, but he hasn't been the reason. Um, he wasn't the reason why Texas lost um, in Lubbock. So Say that again playing. for me, please. He was not the reason why Texas lost in, <laughs> lost in Lubbock. I said that and I had people, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you must not have watched the game. Go sit down. All right. Yeah, I agree completely. I agree. Yeah. Look, as far as Hudson Card goes, I, I do think that's something we we that is going to be a huge factor in this game. Mm-hmm. Do we have Worthy back? Do we have Ewers back? Do we have I, well, we will have Overshone, right? Those are things that definitely, you know, tit for tat, little things get death by a thousand paper cuts, right? Affected us during tech. I feel like we will be closer to full strength against a West Virginia team that while they're scrappy. I just don't think they're very good. They haven't been tested a whole lot, and I haven't been impressed with what I've seen of them. Because only a terrible team would lose to Kansas at home. <laughs> so, look, <laughs> hey, and this ain't your mama's Kansas either. No, it's not. That. We'll get into that in a bit, but yes. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really think the DBs, they've got to play with a chip on their shoulder, right? They've got to come in pissed off. Overshone's got to be mad about missing that time. He's got to be mad. Come in and just rip everyone's head off, man. I, I want to see that. I think it's going to be really important for the defense to come in, uh, DB specifically, but defense to come in and be mad, man. I want to see a pissed off Texas team. Um, you know, that is one thing I will say after the tech game, the mentality was different. The mentality was different in that locker room. You didn't see people walk away or come out to the buses, joking around, happy. I think, I think they're going to be mad. I think they're going to be pissed. And I, I do think we're going to see an angry Texas team. Now, with Hudson Card, if he's the starter, one of the things that that we've seen, Hudson, Danny, I love what you said. He's fine. He he is a serviceable quarterback. He plays with heart. The man's been hurt for a, a hot minute. I appreciate everything that Hudson's doing. I think we can all agree yours has the bigger upside. He has the more flash. He's got more um options when he when he's, you know, under center. But one thing that does concern me about Hudson is he's still not seeing the field. He is holding on to that ball just a little bit too long. Honestly, if, if, and again, I am not putting this on Hudson card, the play calls have to be there, but there were a few key throws that had Hudson made them half a second earlier, you know, we would have been looking at a different outcome. So I think that's something that I really hope that they work on in practice. Um, Hudson works on that quick release. 
you know, maybe we do get Ewers back. Um, but offense wise, you know, Bijan, how do you feel? I mean, we, we saw a fumble. We saw, but Bijan's the workhorse. But they they bottled enough him up pretty well. Yeah, let's let's talk about that fumble. Um, first one of the season, right? And it couldn't have come at the worst time to have that fumble. But the way I see it is if anyone on the team was going to fumble that opportunity to win a game on a road in that environment, I'm kind of glad it was Bijan for a couple of reasons because he's so mentally strong and balanced and and wise about the bigger picture than just not I don't say just football but the whole the bigger scope of life um he seems to be very vocal about having a really balanced balanced view of you know putting in the work but there's more to life than football so and also I think he has the respect of his teammates um they the see fans. yeah and, and the fans. fans and they they know the work he does they know the talent he is and it's a heartbreaker, but it when that fumble happened, my first thought was, no, not not Bijan. But then I'm like, I'm kind of, if it had to be somebody, I didn't want to be anybody, but if it had to be somebody. I'm glad it was Bijan because he's the leader. He will, he's going to come back even harder the next, you know, eight games. You said I got you guys talked about him carrying a football this week. Yeah, kind of, you know, going back to something you just said is is kind of funny. Some of the, I got, I had a couple of tech fans in my mentions. Um, I don't know if you you all heard this too, but they're like, yeah, we were really excited about that fumble, but man, we felt terrible. It was that it was that guy just because we like him, so, we like him so much. I mean, you know, he is one of the very few people that has this a one hundred percent key rating with the Texas fans, opponents. If you don't even watch football, I mean, he's just a you know, he's, I mean, he's not a kid, but he's a, he's a great kid. I mean, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a treat to be around. And obviously, you know, he's, you know, it, it sucks that that happened to him, but you know, it's only his third fumble at Texas and he's touched the, he's touched the ball. I think it's 397 times. It's almost yeah. 400 times. So, yeah. you know, it just happened at the worst possible time, but I don't think there's any reason to be concerned about him. Obviously he told us he was carrying a football around campus, which, might be a little overkill. I don't know if we need, uh, I don't know if it's that much of a concern about him fumbling it, but you know, if that's one of those mental things or that's just something he feels he needs to do, you know, the Texas coaches and he he knows himself better than anyone. So you know, do what you got to do. And I'm sure there's going to be no hesitation to give him the football, you know, on the, on the first play or the None. second, whatever, like he's still going to, we're not going to see, uh, you know, the guys down the, down the depth chart getting more playing time because Bijan fumbled it once in Lubbock. So you know, obviously it was a tough time um, for that to happen for him, but I'm sure, as you said, um, Rocky, that, you know, if there's one guy on the team that's going to bounce back almost immediately, it's him. And, you know, obviously his teammates are going to pick him up because he definitely would pick them up if, um, you know, they they fumbled or they had a bad play too. So, yeah, it is what it is. Obviously, you know, he'll be thinking about that one for a little bit, but, you know, you, you move on. You have to. I mean, he knows what happened. I guess he wasn't here. Um, you know, when Keontae, Keontae had his fumble, but, you know, or, at, uh, or dropped, he was here for the fumble at TCU, but, you know, you just got to keep going. Life, life goes on, you know, it's football, you know, season, season didn't end uh, on Saturday. So you just gotta, gotta keep it moving. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we've got to see solid uh, quarterback play. We've got to see, and yeah, look, I love the idea of 
give the rock to Bijan. Like we ain't scared. Shove that. Like we dare you to stop them. But there does still have to be some balance, right? Texas can't become one dimensional. That that's problematic. Right. Defense has to stand up. Um, definitely, Danny. Like you mentioned, we know they're going to be tested on those those fourth down attempts, and the defense has to be a goldfish. Shake off shake off what happened last weekend and uh, attack. Again, aggressiveness. I think that's really the key for for this game. Pride. They need to have some pride. Um, we're back in DKR night game. I'm sure it'll be sold out by the weekend if it's not sold out already. Um, the t- fans need to represent again. Come mm-hmm. strong. Be loud. They are going to need us again because there will be adversity over and over and over and over and over in yeah. this game. <laughs> Count on it, right? Yeah, I will be interested to see what the y'all probably have a better pulse than I do. But you know, what exactly is the fan support going to be like on on Saturday? Because you know, I was personally shocked that that many people showed up for a UTSA Texas football game, but that excitement was there. It was right after the Alabama game. Obviously, people were all in on this team, and then last week happened. So, like, I I'm interested to see if that same buzz and that energy is there. Or people are going to be like, you know what? I'm going to wait for a couple of weeks, see how this That'll week goes, see how Oklahoma goes, and we'll be back in a few weeks. Or if everyone's, you know, right back on there and ready to roll and ready to go see Nelly and then watch some uh, watch some football. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what exactly the numbers are. I'm sure they'll be a little inflated because they always are. But is this a packed house? Is this loud? Is this, um, you know, what we saw, you know, against UTSA? It won't be the same as Alabama, but is it the same as the UTSA game? And, you know, does Texas still have that energy or did this past weekend kind of cost it with some of the the fans who aren't as hardcore as the, you know, the people who are going to be there, whether they're 0-4 you know, oh, or 2-2 two two or 4-0, and oh, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a really interesting point. Obviously, the DKR was rocking for Alabama. Um, the fans definitely showed up for UTSA, but there was a different vibe, I thought. We are a little lower energy. The team was a little lower energy. So, yeah, I think that's a very valid question. Um, and I do want to encourage people to show up, be loud. I mean, they've, you know, Sarkeesian has said this multiple times. The, the team feeds off it. The team has said that. So it, it will be really interesting. Uh, thank goodness it's a night game. I think that helps, you know, get people a little liquored up, get them a little excited, get them, you know, give them, give them some time to lubricate. Let them turn their phone lights on <laughs> at the right time. Right, right. Get, get, what is it? Thunderstruck, get, get that excited and get going. But yeah, it's going to be, going to be an interesting, uh, interesting atmosphere. And I, I really hope that Texas fans bring it, that Texas brings the attitude and we all just go out there and, and, and kill them. So we know you're not a gambler. But uh, do you have a do you have a prediction for a score, a prediction. score prediction for this game? <clears throat> I I never pick scores. Um, I feel like it's one of those things that I can I can't win at um, because no, if I yeah. if I pick Texas to if I pick the exact score, you know, congratulations, I did my job. If I pick <laughs> if I pick it to be Texas wins twenty seven twenty four and Texas wins twenty seven twenty three, they're still gonna be a jerk. In my mentions, maybe <laughs> oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're and then you know, heaven help me if I pick a four point game and it's a you know thirty point blowout either way. So you know, I just I I think Texas wins. I don't think they cover that ten point spread, and I'm just gonna 
Leave it at that. That's uh, a well, let's get then a bold prediction, just something wild that's going to happen in this game. If you had to make some bold player does this or something wild happens, what would you say? Hmm. You know, I think um, I'm going to go. I don't know how bold it is because he's been playing well this season, but let's let's get a tight a tight end breakout game. Let's get a hundred yard receiving game for Jatavian. Nice. Last time a, a tight end had a hundred receiving yards at the school, it's probably Jermichael or maybe even further back than that. So let's get a hundred yard receiving game for a tight end, and uh, obviously um, Jatavian would be the guy if that were if that were to happen. I like it. I like it. All right, Rocky. Now watch, he's going to go one catch for three yards. Right, time. right. Yeah. <laughs> such, such is the way it goes. Rocky, yeah. what's, what's your bold prediction and what's your, your score prediction? Um, My bold prediction is that the defense keeps it under 100 plays. Um, No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, No, my bold, let's see. Um, I'm going to say we have two receivers over 100 yards. So receivers slash tight ends, two um, people go for 100 yards receiving. Let's say that two different players, um, because this is going to be points, 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 points. I have 38, 35 Texas. They win, do not cover, and it's going to be ugly. But we're gonna we're gonna be in a good old fashioned West Virginia Texas shootout. But 38, 35. So yeah, that's where I'm at. All right, all right. I like it. Uh, all right. I think my bold prediction is going to be that we see. For the first time in basically forever, Rojo Quinn yours. Rojo throw a pass out of <laughs> the road. That's a good call. That's <laughs> I, a good call. I want I think that's that's just one. Just give me one. One pass with Rojo out of out of the Wildcat. Um and is, then, is this a real is this a real pass or a flip pass? Are we counting like a forward pass? A forward pass. If, if the ball comes out of his hands in a forward motion and above his shoulder by a Texas player, I'm counting it. I'm counting it. Like <laughs> that's yeah, That's- hopefully, hopefully we are in a position where we're killing clock and running things like that. But I have a feeling we're going to just be five wide for 16 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, look, all right. So my score prediction, I don't know. I'm eternally optimistic. Yes. But I'm going to bring this. I, I think Texas wins. I think Texas covers. I've got, what? I've got Texas 37 and West Virginia 24. I think we're, we're, That's we're tight up front. We're, we're, you know, keeping it close early, but I think Texas pulls away. Um, I think we find that we are pissed uh, and we sure as shit don't want to go into Oklahoma with the, another conference loss. So Ugh. I think Texas has the pride on the line and, and a I, losing record and a losing Ooh. record. And, and I think Texas has their pride on the line and um, this team is really playing for themselves. Uh, and I think they're, they will use West Virginia as a proving grounds to themselves. Um, right. So yeah. The I, night environment I think is really going to help Texas. Agreed. All right. So and the beautiful fall weather, that's going to be only 89 degrees. Hey, 85. Yeah, I don't 85. know. Five. Okay. So <laughs> let's, you mentioned um, conference records. So let's talk about it. Um, we'll quickly move around the big 12 K state went into Oklahoma, big time dogs and just beat them down. It was, it was crazy. Do you see Oklahoma bouncing back this weekend? I mean, they need to. I mean, I think, you know, I like K-State. I think I think K-State was kind of everyone's darling mm-hmm. picking the conference before the before the season, and obviously they had a, a bad loss early. So, I mean, I don't think it should have been – plus, for some reason, K-State always – Chris Kleinman always plays Oklahoma well. So, you know, that's, I, I would say Oklahoma bounces back this week. Um, 
but I wasn't completely shocked by last week just because first Kansas State's a good team. And then secondly, um, for whatever reason, the Wildcats just under Chris Kleiman have been playing Oklahoma really well um, these past, right. I guess, four years now. Yeah. They beat OU three out of the past four games. That's, that's right. pretty crazy. I don't know that there are many teams that play OU that do that. Um, yeah, I have to agree. I think, you know, OU versus TCU – Again, I'm not TCU has some weapons, but I'm not convinced that it's anything to hang with OU. Unfortunately, I've been surprised. I wasn't expecting OU to look like OU under Venable's first year. And for the most part, they have. So against um, Kent State and right, yeah, right. Again, not no true test. They played Georgia tough, so that <laughs> actually made OU look better. Right. So <laughs> Yeah, I, Danny, I have to agree with you. I think OU bounces back, um, and I think they look – same kind of thing. They're licking their wounds like Texas will be. They've got a chip on their shoulder, and neither one of these teams wants to go into October 8th with uh, with another two, – with two losses in a row. So, uh, yeah, I, I think OU bounces back in a big way, and I think they just put a whooping on TCU. Rocky, what do you think? Um, I actually think TCU is going to play them a little bit closer. They're still, they're still a physical, always a pretty physical program. So I, I would, uh, let's, I don't, I don't think OU is running away with anything just yet. We'll see when, with how they bounce, how they respond. Um, a team that did respond Baylor, they went into Iowa state and gave them everything they could handle ran pretty much ran them off their own field. What did you see Megan? Yeah. Well, look, I was driving most of the time that, oh, okay. uh, that, that game was going on, but um, yeah, Baylor, God bless it. My soul of souls. I hate saying this, but Baylor's a solid program. Dave Aranda is a really great coach. Um, and, and he'll have them ready, but I, I think that's going to be a really solid matchup. And honestly, I think this is kind of a big 12, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not convinced, uh, quite yet, but, but Baylor is a contender for sure. And I oh, think they absolutely. will, they will prove it this game or not. Um, I, I don't see Oh, man, that's a tough one against OSU. It's Gundy's going to be ready for him. I think it's going to. And be... they had the week off. What do you see this weekend? Oak State going to Baylor at with the, they just had that week off to prepare. Um, I think I picked Oklahoma State. I'm trying to remember what it did for our picks contest um, for the statesman. I think I picked Oklahoma State. Obviously, I don't know if the revenge factor matters um, from the the title game last year, but. Um, I just think Oklahoma State's a better team. This Baylor team is not the same Baylor team that won the conference last year. Obviously, you know, the, the foundation's in place with with Dave and some of the stuff he's doing and some of the players he brought back, but it's just not the same team as last year. And Oklahoma State does have its quarterback and, you know, some some key, key, key pieces. So um, I think Oklahoma State wins this one, although it is hard to pick against a, a team like Baylor that's playing at home. But um, I, I would – pick the Cowboys and I, I felt fairly confident. Like I didn't have to labor too much on that, on that pick. I put that one down pretty quickly. Nice. Yeah. Baylor's only favored by two at home. So that's pretty much a pick em game. Let's move on really quick. Wrap up the big 12 talk with Kansas. Kansas <laughs> is four and oh, they just beat three and oh Duke at home solidly. Um, What, what are you seeing? What, if you could attribute, what would you attribute Kansas's big, just crazy turnaround? I mean, I know we kickstarted their winning streak or whatever, but you're what? Welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, welcome. Kansas. <laughs> we we lost them before it was cool. Somebody said. Um. Anyway, what what where would you put the credit for this big? Of course, the coaching staff. But what are you seeing 
Kansas do right now that you really like? I mean, Kansas, I mean, Kansas has a good coach. Let's start, start there. I mean, they have a good quarterback. I mean, Jalen Daniels is a talented guy. I mean, may not have been like the three-star, four-star prize in, in high school, but I mean, he's talented. I mean, Texas found that out last year that, you know, this team has some talented young players on it. Um, they haven't played the schedule that some of the other teams in this conference has played. I mean, I think we need to point that out, but you know, you're Kansas, they're playing, you know, like they have nothing to lose and they're proven to some people, myself included that, you know, I don't think it's time to put them in the conversation for the big 12 championship game, but I think it's time to quit treating Kansas like they're a doormat, the automatic, what they were, um, that embarrassment that was the Les Miles um, era and that this is a team that you at least have to respect them and that you can't just expect that uh, basketball season's coming up. We're going to, you know, the opposing team's going to go in there and win by, you know, 30 points. I can't make my Montana can beat Kansas jokes to my Kansas friends uh, anymore because I don't know if that, if that would happen necessarily. But, you know, this is a Kansas team that, you know, they're making strides. I don't know where those strides take them. I don't know if they're ever going to be a, team that's competing with Texas for four and five star talents in the recruiting trail and, you know, top in the big 12 uh, poll in, in July, but, you know, they're, they're making strides and they're not the joke that they once were. And, you know, that, you know, Lance uh, has a lot to be proud of and, you know, people should be definitely be, uh, you know, applauding him for his job. And I, I don't know what his contract situation is right now, but he's a winner or two away from, them just being like, you're going to die here. And you're, yeah. you're so, um, pay the man, pay the man. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It is crazy to watch him turn around and yeah, all credit to Leopold, right? Like he's, he recruited enough and his really, but taking the players that were on Kansas and made a pretty big dang change. So uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely weird to talk about Kansas so positively, right? But here we are. So Lord help us, we play them at Kansas this year. So I'm, yeah, I told you we weren't going to be Kansas two years. And no, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, we'll see when we get there. Okay, so let's let's wrap up. We always like to finish with something fun, and we are really excited. Nobody, what school does this except Texas? They bring you Ludacris. They bring you Salt and Pepper. They bring you like all these great uh, concerts. We just had Flow Rida. And this Saturday at LCL, Longhorn City Limits, is Nelly. Have you ever seen Nelly live, Danny? I have not. Um, I was thinking this morning or whenever that, that announcement came out, I guess it was this afternoon, that in the last time I saw Nelly in anything was the versus battle, if you want to call it a battle, he did with Ludacris uh, during the pandemic. And that was probably the you know funnest two hours I've had um, in, in a while, but I've not seen him. I have not seen him live. I've seen Ludacris live a couple of times, but I've not seen, not seen Nelly live. He okay. never made it. To, he never made it to Montana. So oh, that's well, weird. I hope you get, I hope you, okay. For some he, was reason. Born, he was born in Austin, Texas. I hope you get to see him. So I saw him at the rodeo a while back and the entire stage was packed with all his buddies. You know, he puts on a great show. It's so fun. And then I saw him when he toured with new kids on the block and TLC Nelly was with them. He's fun. He put, he has so many jams, right? Mm -hmm. He's one of those artists that are like, oh man, that's him. That's him. That's him. But Danny, if we asked you to pick your favorite Nelly jam, that's just, oh, I need to hear some Nelly. I want to hear this song. Well, I, I have a soft spot for Air Force Ones. Yes. But 
And I like Batter Up is a is is a banger. Obviously Dilemma, but my song is is Ride Ride With Me. Um and some people were giving me some crap online today for for saying that, but that's I, I just have a soft spot for that song. And that's just always been my favorite, my favorite Nelly song. There's a lot of EI love um going on today, and I just don't get it. I I've never really gotten into that song, but yeah, ride ride with me is my is my song. Good call. I mean, when that's on, you got to put your hands up and roll. Yeah, lean back. I can't ever not listen to that song. Oh, it's it's on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't turn the radio when that's on for sure. All right, Megan, your Nelly Jam. There's so many good ones. I'm going to go back a little bit. This was my college jams. Uh Shake a Tail Feather. That's my that's my Nelly song. That okay. So do you remember what movie that was with? Uh, Yeah, Bad Boy. Yeah, Bad Boy. Bad Boy is two. Two. It was it was in the Bad Boy soundtrack. I like this. I used to listen to that song, ride my motorcycle all the time. Oh no. Every time it was on my playlist. Every time I'd freak myself out because the damn car the cop siren and it i was always like oh hell every time (laughs) all right so it is my favorite is it hot in hot so hot is it now is it What up, Nelly? You ready to do another one, bro? Talk to him. (laughs) Here's my favorite. many Nelly jams but that one is just a mood you know it's still like the kids say Danny had some very strong reactions to that if I want a slow song with Nelly I need Kelly Rowland on it or else oh and not not interested at all popular one (laughs) so apparently this is the most downloaded Nelly song know it y'all know it there there are so many jams we could go on there's so many i was, I was telling this <laughs> i was telling this story earlier that um um hot hot and her that came out like my junior or senior year of high school and we had one gentleman who was on the football team starting cornerback um good shape whenever that song came up that was at the at the dance that was just always his excuse to start stripping in the oh. middle of our high school dance. So whenever I hear that song, I think of uh, 
my guy, my guy Mike getting down on the dance floor and showing off his showing off his six pack to all the all the ladies at Billing Senior High School. So nice. That's funny. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, we know we'll be at Longhorn City Limits. Yes, for that. 5 p.m. So they said they're going to open LCL at 3. Nelly, well, there's an opener and then Nelly will come on not long after uh, about 5 o'clock. So before the game, so they should probably have everybody out of there by 6 so you can get to your seats um, for the 6.30 kickoff, West Virginia at Texas. Texas 38, West Virginia 35. You <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out. Texas Cut 100, out. West Virginia, nothing. Texas by a million. <laughs> no, I love it. Well, as always, we were, Danny, thank you again, man. Thank we, you we, so much. If, if you'll tell people, where can they find you? Um, obviously, statesman.com. Um, they, they pay the bills. And on Twitter, um, which, as we've talked about, is my favorite place in the world, um, <laughs> AAS Danny. Uh, I'm online way more than I should be. So you can find me. Find me there. Love it. Welcome, welcome to the modern era, right? I it's think all about the interactions, right? <laughs> it, even even a bad interaction is a good interaction. <laughs> Not <laughs> true, but uh, we'll, I know. We'll, we'll <laughs> I was just trying to make you feel false. <laughs> all right, kidding. all right, Danny. Well, again, thank you, man. We we appreciate your time tonight. We appreciate you coming on and joining Fire the Cannon. Um, and as always, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. I'm Danny. And we are Fire the Cannon. <laughs>